Welcome to an experimental version of Leave the Bottle Podcast. Or at leavethebottlepodcast.com or ltb.re. And the topic today is less is more. We're going to talk about small living. And this is an intro because the video started in a different way. And there was no point in having that part, but I'm going to turn it over to James right away to talk about small living. Well, the the whole idea behind this is, uh, you know, we're always looking for different topics to talk about. And I posted yesterday Facebook and uh, said, you know, we're thinking about different topics for today. And my friend uh, Sharon, who's she's this little radical and she's really cool. And uh, she brought up about small living. And I guess she watched a documentary recently on uh, Netflix so she brought that up, and I love that topic because my wife and I already adhered to that. We always joke that uh, we live in one of the smallest houses in our town. Our house is probably uh, about 800 square feet, maybe. Uh, and that's actually very big for a lot of the pictures that you're going to be showing and, and some of the websites that we're going to be talking about uh, today. Uh, 800 square feet would be almost like a McMansion for a lot of these because I guess for the most part, it's anywhere from like – 150 to 400 square feet is really considered the small living movement. Um, wh- one of the sites, this dude had a 77 square foot home. I, and I have to, for people in Europe, um, you have to quickly di- just divide by 10. It's, it's approximately because a square, there are approximately 10 feet in a square meter. It's more like nine, I don't know, it's the exact thing. But it's close. So if somebody's talking about a thousand square feet, that's about a hundred. That's about a hundred square meters. I had, okay. you know what? How provincial of me! I hadn't even been thinking about that. You people over in France and all over the well, rest we of go. the world, pretty much. You people. You people. <laughs> you people. You know you what have, I'm talking about. Yeah, that uh, you guys use the metric system. Yeah, uh, which is fine as long as you know that you, if you divide the feet by. By 10, like I say, is the closest trick I can think of. Don't start with the Celsius and Fahrenheit, though, because that's very complicated. Oh, I have to use my phone all the time for that part. <laughs> um, where were you? you know, oh, oh, where was I? Oh, but, you know, so our house, which is probably one of the smallest in our town, is would be by many standards large. I mean, if you went to other parts of the world, that would still, you know, be a large house. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, is I was looking up some statistics and... As our family's units are getting smaller, our like houses are getting bigger. Trick I can think of. Don't and, start with the Celsius. You know, where you know, people have a 2,000-square-foot house now, and it's like, that's not enough. You know, I need this. I need that. How many kids do you have? Oh, we have one. Oh, we have two. And I think to myself, and it sounds judgmental, but often I think to myself, why do you need that much? Why do you need 3,000 square feet? Really? I mean, okay, yes, the having a master bedroom is nice. Having, you know, a bathroom for everybody in a house is nice. Yeah, I get all of that. But when it means that you have to work to the bone all the time, you can't go on vacations or you have to minimize your vacations. You you stay up at night sweating over bills and sweating over, okay, I got an oil delivery coming next month and it's going to be $1,000 there. And I've got, you know, a furnace that's going and that's going to be a couple thousand there. And my septic system is going and that's 25 grand there. At what point in time is it, what part of life do you get to enjoy really 
if you're stressing all the time and you're working all the time for something so large, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Well, there's, okay. So if you're rich, then you're doing it on purpose because you can and you show people that you, I mean, I swear that if I had billions of dollars, I, I still, I might have two houses. Okay, fine. Or, or you know, different locations, but I would not have uh, huge ostentatious mansions. Now, people will tell you maybe that they need that to entertain. Okay, fine, whatever. But not everybody is like us. Not everybody wants to be in a smaller space um, and not waste resources. I mean, a lot of people, you know, it's look at the tombs that some people have and the space that that takes up. And you know that there's not that much space if you're going to be buried someplace have the common decency to get a space someplace where space isn't at such a premium. So this is what about, and like you were talking about fuel and things, this is a lot about wasting resources too. It really is. It really is. Uh, I mean, to, to, to heat and maintain a home, you know, in a warm weather environment, you have the opposite. You, I lived in Florida, you have the air conditioning. And if you have central air, depending on how uh, big your home is and how up-to-date and well-maintained your system is, that's still really expensive. Uh, you know, people talk about, well, if you live in the north of the U.S. and, you know, heating oil, and it is astronomical. I just got a delivery two weeks ago, three sixty-five a gallon, I think it was. And uh, so I got my 100 gallons f- for the summer that will now last me till uh, November or so. And I was, I had had an old bill from the same oil company from like 12 years ago. And at that time, it was that when we first moved in, it was $1.29 a gallon, $1.29 a gallon, as opposed to three sixty five dollars now. And at one point a few years ago, it was a lot worse. So, I mean, in, in the wintertime, I have to have deliveries for six months every single month. So, I mean, that's probably uh, close to $2,000 a year more now that I pay than I paid uh, 10 years ago. And we have a really small house. So to me, I can't even begin to imagine having a 3,000, 4,000 square foot house and having to pay the energy costs, the upkeep, property taxes. Like where I live, it's very high property taxes. That all comes into play as well. I know there are people who I know who are paying like $10,000 a year in property taxes just for property. That's insane. That's insane. You're paying almost $1,000 a month for property taxes. That's just, I I don't get that. Of course, that's, you know, somebody's got to pay those taxes in order to keep the services running. So, you know, there's in defense of rich people, property taxes may be the most just of all. I don't know. It depends on how they're calculated, and that depends on every area. I get that part, but But why would we want to? No. Why would you want to put yourself through that? That's the part I have never understood. And I suppose it's because, like, when I was growing up for a long time, it was just my mom and I. We were in, like, a very small apartment. And then when she uh, married, we lived in a couple of moderately small houses. And then we lived in apartment, a mobile home. And then after that, I lived in a series of apartments when I was an adult. That was one of them was the quintessential small living. Uh, It was like 250 square feet, maybe studio apartment. And I got to be honest with you, it sucked. I didn't I I found nothing joyful about living in a tiny little studio. Um, and over the years, we've never, my, my wife and I, we've never lived in any places big. When we moved to Florida for her to go to college, we bought a mobile home. It was a two bedroom, two bath. We bought it for like $5,900. We paid a lot rent of 300 a month. It covered everything. 
it was great. I mean, we didn't, our expenses weren't, our property, you want to talk about property taxes, Randy, because it was technically considered a mobile home, even though it was anchored and was never going to move. They put a, in Florida, what they do is they, you have a license plate and you put it on the end of the mobile home. Mm-hmm. Our property taxes were $22 a year, $22 a year. Um, now that's, that's, I'm not saying that that's for everybody, but our bills were so small comparatively that, you know, that our energy costs didn't kill us because of that. And I didn't stay up at night worrying about, you know, how I was going to pay for a mortgage and all of that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of people out there right now who are going paycheck to paycheck, even with really good jobs, great jobs, couples that have both have well-paying jobs, you know, the, the, the 2.5 kids and they're struggling and it's not because of their income. It's because of their expenditures. And the biggest expenditure of all is your home. I don't know how they do that. I, I don't know how they do it either. I really don't. I'm, I don't. Go- I'm going to assume though, that people, um, as, uh, things are changing now and the economy kind of sucks, uh, this would be, first of all, uh, would be a big trauma to have to you got the two kids in the house and the two cars, maybe. Uh, the house is obviously many times more expensive than the kids and the loan. And, the, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's awful. So there's, in other words, what you're getting to here is that uh, not only could you maybe feel comfortable by knowing that you're not wasting the Earth's resources, basically, but also, and your own, obviously. Right. But also that uh, you're a little more secure. You've got a little bit more visibility for the future. The, the trouble, again, though, and you mentioned it earlier, is that if you've, if you've got uh, any kind of a family at all, by what is small, I don't know. And uh, you, wanna, you want to show... Um, oh, you know what you said about the America's homes are bigger, that I could show that, si- that yeah, was little that, graph. Yeah, that, was that graphic on bring that. that up. It was, it was, yeah, it was the graphic on uh, money.com showing the average size houses from uh, every 10 years from 1983 up to 2013. And, you know, that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference because you also have to equate it to uh, the size of the families going down, energy costs and standard typical uh, cost of living has, has risen severely during that time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, it it always makes me curious because I live in an area where there's a lot of McMansions. People are building like crazy in this area of Connecticut. It was a slow for a couple of years during the crash, but it's, it seems like it's picked up again and you don't see anybody, any developers anywhere where I live building uh, your standard split level ranches in your capes. The ones that were built, you know, in the 50s and the 40s and the 60s. The ones like my mother-in-law still has. She's lived in the same house now for 30 some odd years. And it's a, you know, it's a split level ranch. And it's your typical cookie cutter house from back then. They raised three kids in it and did just fine. But now you that house doesn't get built, not in Connecticut anyways. That house doesn't get built anymore. Um, but even that's huge compared to the small living. I was reading um, earlier... In Hong Kong, they're charging $200,000 for uh, apartments that are less than 200 square feet. Well, yeah, but what about New York? I mean, $200,000. You're talking about an extreme, uh, extremely dense population, though, too. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and everybody wants to go to the big city. But I, it's but this whole subject is actually, it's much more than just about housing. It's about a way of life. It's about... Uh, 
what you consider important in your life and does working all the time just to have your lifestyle is that necessary can you make adjustments can you can you change things in your life here's a guy who did uh the headline is i don't know where this is i think this was one of mine um from a site called the mind unleashed uh, the headline is, Man Builds His Dream Mini Home in Only Six Weeks for $9,000. No kidding. And it's a little, uh, I don't know if you saw that site. I think there's only no, that. There's a few pictures of uh, of uh, the house, and it's a, it's a very original-looking house. I can't describe it, but the folks that are watching, uh, whether now live or later, will see it. Okay. And the article, I'm just looking to see if there's anything important in the article. It's mostly what we're interested in, really, is the pictures, and they're nice little photos. Now, how big is the house? Because I can't That's see good, it right now. Good point. Uh, cost him nine thousand. Oh, he did it in Thailand, by the way, where things are way, way cheaper. Well, yeah, it's very um, different. He was able to put the main structure up for six thousand, and then spent three thousand filling it with goodies. And I don't know that probably doesn't count the land, which may be cheap. We're exactly in the location that he is in. Uh, I'm looking for. You know what? They don't say it's tiny. It's very small. Very, well, I, very cool looking though. Huh. Uh, I did see that. I did see that the average tiny, because there's the whole tiny house movement. Mm-hmm. The average one is about twenty three thousand uh, dollars to build. I mean, I suppose you know you have to probably that's not counting the cost of land. And depending where you are, I mean, if you're in Connecticut, that would be very different. But if you're in say North Carolina, or you know, land is going to be much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I guess I like my wife and I. We subscribe to the uh, theory of for ourselves now of one in and one out. You know, if, if I buy a shirt, I almost always buy my clothes now at thrift stores. My wife got me into it and I don't see, I love it. I'm getting it for dirt cheap. They're great quality clothes still. You know, they just didn't work for somebody else or whatever. But if I do that, I donate something when I'm doing that. If we buy something for the house, that's not food or, you know, cleaning or oriented. Something comes into our house, something goes out. It's just a, it's a philosophy of not accumulating too much, of not getting caught up and having so much stuff that suddenly you look around and you're like, wow, you know, I've got this you know huge mess, or I've you know I've got all this stuff that I don't use. I mean, like you've seen the the, the bookcase behind me, and actually a couple of years ago there was a lot more books. And I donated like hundreds and hundreds of books to my uh, local library because I was never going to read them again. You know, they're they're sitting on the bookshelf and they're accumulating for what? Somebody else could read those books. So, you know, I donated them to the local library. We ha- And we had also had a tag sale out in front and ended up, you know, people ended up taking some of them. Same thing with music. Mm-hmm. I've got rid of all of my CDs about three years ago because I do everything digitally now. And we used to, I used to drive my wife crazy around the house with clutters of CDs because I had thousands. I didn't just have like, you know, a hundred or something. I had thousands and it was a mess. It made the house unorganized. It made, and it was like, this was all stuff that I could listen to digitally. So I just didn't feel the need to keep it anymore. And we've really gone to that philosophy over the last six, seven, eight years. And it really, it's really, really uh, a good thing. Our house is much more organized. And we realized we were talking about it this morning over coffee. And we we're like, we don't need more than we don't have kids. We don't need more than what we have right now. Space wise, we already have two rooms in our house. And again, it's probably about 800 feet. We already have two rooms that we barely ever use at this moment. 
So it's like, what more do we actually really need? We're going through that exact thing right now. Um, My wife uh, has a very small, speaking of small living, uh, my wife has a very small office. Mine is, I'm trying to think. Yeah, mine's bigger because there's some, one of those wasted space with pillar type things. Uh, So there's a part of it that can only be used for storage. So it's a very small office. And she just completely remodeled it. I mean, by remodel, I mean, she got some shelves put in and uh, is getting rid of stuff. And we have a storage area where we, certain business records have to be kept for 10 years, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, so we have to have that somewhere. Right. But um, we've been going through that. And she also, we have these books. You probably have this around uh, the boxes that the community puts, uh, you put your old books in and people exchange them and stuff. Those are great. Yep. So she gave me a pile. I haven't done it yet, but she gave me a pile to, to take that over. The box is all of like 600 feet from from our door, so I'll probably get over there later today. Uh, and when when we first moved from Paris, she had thousands of books. And so that was already a really crazy thing to to cull that collection down. And in you know my I actually have books that I have owned I haven't owned that many books but the one among those I've owned and moving around and not moving them getting rid of them there's a few that I regret that I wish I would have in front of me now because I can always get them for the, uh, an electronic version of them anyway so true well I, but anyway we're of... we're all going through that there's a big clutter movement too anti clutter of course or whatever that's called cleaning it up. In this office, uh, I've got, as everybody knows who's ever seen me on video, we have about six instruments in here. And the upright bass takes up as much instrument as a rather portly individual person. It's taller than a person and uh, <laughs> wider than most people, actually. Portly. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, portly. I love that. I love That's portly. a great deal. Yeah, portly means that's what it means. You immediately great. see. Uh, Anyway, uh, so much nicer than fat. On the other hand, I've got. On the other hand, I have a slim blonde base that is slimmer than any person would be. And then I've got uh, how many guitars? I've got two guitars. I've got two amps. I've got some studio lighting. I've got another camera view that can be used. So you know, this is a plus uh, how many computers? Three or four computers in here, and these this stuff. You know, it's it's a mess, though. I mean, this could be thought out and arranged nicely, but it's not, and that's that's uh, I have no but excuse. Also, We're going to get to it. I wanted to ask you because you live over in Europe and you've mm-hmm. been in Europe for many years. Now, you, with Europe, is you know, it's a lot of countries that are very close together. It's it's kind of like going from state to state here. A lot of people yeah. don't really think about the fact that Western Europe would fit for the most part from Maine down to. North Carolina or so, maybe out to Ohio, that that's most of Western Europe. So if you're going from Germany to France to Italy, it's kind of, you know, like going state to state here. But also at the same time, a lot of your towns and cities have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and were designed very differently than American cities. So you have smaller cars. Like we watch a lot of British TV and a lot of times in British uh, uh, houses, they're very narrow. They're, you know, they're, they're, may be tall, but they're very narrow with those narrow backyard gardens Mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, Completely the antithesis of 
the American experience. And I just I wonder what it would take to get Americans. I don't know that it's possible to get ad- Americans to adhere more to the European lifestyle of design. Because let's face it also, Europeans take more vacations. <laughs> they have more vacation time. And I'm not saying that in a lazy way. No, I'm saying that that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I When I hear people tell me, like, you know, people tell me I have, you know, 457 hours accumulated of vacation time. I'm like, I'm not going to clap for you on that. That just tells me you're you're living for another day. You're not living for now. At what point in time are you going to start living for now? And and I think that kind of comes into the whole McMansion idea of life. Of, you, know, I, you really going, think that going, people? You really think that people are into this McMansion thing? Uh, yes. You haven't been anymore. In the you haven't lived in the United States since what? Eighty one, maybe? Would you say eighty one, eighty two? Uh, yeah, that's about, time. that's about right. That's about right. And yeah. I know you've been here, but you haven't lived here and that it, it's radically different, Randy. It really is. If, if you were here for a year, like where I, and you saw the construction going on mm-hmm. and you saw neighborhoods that were, that are completely different now than back in the day. Yes. The, the McMansion phenomenon in America is alive and well. And I don't know if it's so much because it's what they really, people really want to do. Or they feel they need to keep up because they need to keep up appearances with family, with friends, with coworkers who, you know, hey, Joe, you know, just bought a house in this, you know, lovely town down by the shore. Oh, it's a gorgeous house. And also, and you're sitting there and saying, well, you know, I'm just in kind of like in my little thousand foot square foot, you know, place. And, you know, is, is it the keeping up of the appearances is driving us, propelling us into overspending over over economically spending in many areas of our lives to the point where we have to work years longer than we really should have to that we have to work many more hours than we really should have to because we're desperate to hang on to that i'm trying to get my to wrap my head around that as you as people say uh because around here this is the old world so there's old money and there's new money but and i'm trying to picture if new money here in europe if people build these houses, because it's just, it's so different, you know, I think that people maybe will, what they'll do if they get money is to go to places where the land is more expensive, but they still won't build these huge places. Now, I, I mean, I know people who have large houses and who have uh, seven kids. Sure. And that makes sense. Not so much that the kids, well, one of the, one of the things that, that's common here is that, you know, the, the kids then inherit a share in the house, probably the same everywhere in the world. And then it becomes, you know, they really do need that space because they each want to, they want to use it at different times of the year and so on. Yeah. If only that was our problem, right? Speaking of first world problems, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, rich people would maybe move into a chateau or some old uh, manoir property, but I, I am not seeing building, uh, of the kind that, that when I see stuff being built, it's a more uh, just, you know, tracked housing, cheap, inexpensive. Not where I live. So I, yeah, maybe you live in the wrong place. That's what uh, Dr. Well, well, Neil deGrasse Tyson. a lot of money and I don't have a lot of money. That's the whole <laughs> and thing. And they're I building said. McMansions in a place where there's not, no. What there's you... a lot of money in Connecticut. I mean, oh, okay. and where I live in the suburbs. And the funny thing is, is the town I live in 30 years ago was basically a farm town. It was a, you know, a more a sleepy mm. suburban farm town. But what's happened is is that the, the the younger, wealthier people 
started buying up from the farmers. They are offering them you know, astronomical prices for their land and they had money to burn and, you know, they had no problems mm-hmm. building five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar million dollar, $2 million houses all over this area. Uh, and, you know, I couldn't blame, I can't blame the farmers. I mean, you know, they, they sat on this land, you know, working the land for many years, or in some cases they just owned the land and nothing was on it, you know, and Joe real estate uh, company comes up to you and offers you, you know, $5 million or $3 million for your property. You know, most people are going to sell. I mean, you, you can't blame people for that. Yeah. I, I never, one thing though that I don't ever understand is people who decry completely the idea of building anything period. Cause it's like, well, at one time where you're living in right now, that used to be a forest or sure. that used to be just cleared land. You know, the roads you drive on at one time were forest and cleared land. So you can only throw so many stones. And I don't have any answers. I know we're coming close to the end. I don't have any answers as far as what the right size house is. Uh, it's not It's not really for me to say, okay, you know, you're an ass if you live in a 2,000 square foot house by yourself. Or, you know, you're, you're really an ass if you have a 3,000 square <laughs> foot house with, you know, one kid. I would just like to see people think a little bit more about their needs in these situations. Cause I think that if, if they really looked into a lot of those areas, they'd see that they could live more satisfying lives without having such a crushing financial over, you know, hanging over their heads. But, you know, pe- people, I don't know if people, especially in the area I live in, I don't know if they're willing to do that. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm really surprised to hear it. I've been showing, by the way, for people who want to go see this, uh, the link that you sent me is from Forbes.com. Mm-hmm. And the, the title of the article, is this recent, by the way, or not? Do you know? Uh, yeah, this is from, uh, well, that's actually from April 28th. So that's, you know. Well, I don't know how easy out. it is to find it, but it's, uh, the turn name, the name is called, the name of the, uh, the slideshow is 12 Tricked Out Tiny Houses. And, and why they cost so much. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I there I haven't seen anything that looks cheap, that's for sure. So, I don't know, this is Forbes. Well, that's also its location. Uh, some of these things are because of location. It's You, you can yeah. pop your, like the first one right there, a 510-square-foot house for $1.2 million, but it's in some hoity-toity area of California. So, you're, you're paying for the location. You're not paying for the house. Well, I mean, which happens quite often. I really, mean, the the act- the real uh, trick would be to, and many people have done this by using buses, railroad cars. We've seen all those sites uh, right. for their house, re- you know, repurposing them. And it's true that when you live on a boat, anyone who's ever lived on a boat or spent any time on a boat, you know, I'm talking about here. maybe a boat that's maybe at least 25, 30 feet. I don't know how you could live on a tiny boat. But anyway, point is that you could live on a boat, but living on a boat requires a big maintenance hit in uh, first of all it's got to be docked somewhere and you know, I don't know anything about living on a boat in the wilderness but I've been on a couple of um, of barges is that what they're called uh, when you live on no is that the best name for it yeah houseboats houseboats yeah I call them, they look like barges but they're boats yeah houseboats yeah. Uh, houseboats on the Seine River in Paris, for example, and I'm pretty sure it's very expensive to dock them there they're not in the middle of Paris by the way they're over into a suburb but the point is, uh, that uh, they're beautiful, but they're also pretty large, actually. But if you could take a the layout of a boat because of the efficiency of it 
and have that as a wooden, you know, wood frame house or whatever on a, just a, enough land to have a nice little garden, at least of spices, if nothing else. And depending on where you live, maybe you have a little bit more space. And naturally, if there's enough sun and you had a little solar panel just to give you a little light to read by at night or something, you know, all of that would be a nice challenge to look to look at and to enjoy. And as you get older, which is the case for me, I mean, we all are. No one can say they're not. But I'm moving into that area where uh, income is going to be reduced. And that's also a challenge that you, you need to downsize, but you don't want to go to the shock of having to downsize in an emergency because right. that's, uh, you know, the old scared money never wins. You're always going to lose out if you wait till the last second. So you have to kind of plan that out. We're talking about that right now. You know, what's going to happen when uh, my wife retires or when, um, you know, we've, we have made some changes in our business and um, a, a lot of the business, uh, I, I don't want to say went away because it was all a plan where certain customers were moved on to uh, other, you know, they did in-house, for example. But we knew about it years before, fortunately. We were really lucky to have customers, by the way, that work with us in that way. So they said, what's the schedule? And we could have pretty much, you know, given the schedule. So we had like three years, because this was a really important account. We had a couple of years. So that would be something that I would recommend to people, if they can, is to just make sure that you're planning you know, is is adequate. And, and another event that I have not gone through, but that many people will, is when your kids leave. What do you do? I'll bet millions of people, when they have the two kids and the last kid leaves the nest, they're stuck uh, knocking around the house. You hear people say that all the time. Sure, Here absolutely. I am, you know. So that's another situation where uh, it's an okay... I, you know, I would say, look at it as an opportunity. This It's not downsizing. There's nothing embarrassing about it. You're getting into a more efficient setup where there's less inertia. Look at this big house. You've got not only energy costs, but a lot of stuff, repairs. You know what? Let me conclude by saying the bigger your roof is, the more it's going to cost <laughs> and the more leaks it could have because it has a bigger surface. So the, the whole idea of living, small living one of the nice things about it is the surface is reduced, so the maintenance is cost, the ongoing maintenance is reduced. And if there is a problem of any kind, it's probably reduced too because your water heater isn't as big. Your furnace isn't as big. You know, I mean, so this is a huge advantage because your ongoing cost for life will be way less. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who will they'll, they'll sell their houses. Children leave the house. They sell their houses. They go into condos, you know, things like that. Does that count towards a small living? If it's small, yeah, I know, but okay, I, I, I consider it smaller living. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's the same thing as somebody getting a 400 or 300 foot square foot house, but I also think that there are different uh, facets to it. That it's not small living isn't only about what's the smallest possible place that you can live in. It's, it's just being smarter in certain areas, um, whether that's in saving money. One quick example, I'm helping a family member yesterday move uh, into a place nearby me and they had a big, uh, a big uh, bureau with all with drawers in it. Well, the bureau is cracked and it's just not worth keeping or anything. So they were just going to take the entire thing to the dump. And I'm, when we're pulling out the drawers ahead of time to make it easier to put it on the truck. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, and I have some uh, for space on my walls, I've put up, uh, some wooden boxes where, you know, I've, I've put them in and then I can put things in them and it looks decorative and all that stuff too. So I said to the family member, I said, 
I held it up in the storage unit against the wall of the storage unit. And I said, how about taking these drawers instead of throwing them away? You, Because it's a small place they're moving into, like 600 square feet. You could use that as bookshelves, put things in there. And, and they were like, oh, my gosh. And so they're like holding it up. And they thought about it. We took those to the new apartment. And they were holding the, the this big dresser drawer up against the wall. And it's like, oh, my God, this is great. And it solved a dilemma for them on bookshelves. Because now you can just, you know, using strong, uh, uh, using like the nail gun to get it into the wall so that it really adheres to the wall. Boom, there you go. Now, instead of having this big, huge bookcase, having to go out and buy a bookcase, don't have to do that now. It's reusing that resource instead of just throwing away the entire bureau. Now the, the drawers all have been saved and it has that fun little DIY kind of HDTV, HGTV kind of look to it. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. I forgot to mention this too, that um, the other part of this is trying to fix stuff instead of throwing it away. And I, this is a big problem in our society. I'm not going to go yes. any further than to say that I waste a lot of time. I say waste, meaning I will go through the motions and keep going for like a day trying to fix something before I finally do have to throw it out. But, uh, you know, the success rate might be something like 60%. Uh, we had a vacuum cleaner. The tube got bad. If the, when the tube of the vacuum cleaner goes bad, if you're gonna if you're gonna go get a new tube, it's like cars. You know the parts cost a hundred times what the unit cost. You know so that the, the tube would be twenty five euros probably right. plus special order maybe. So I found some tape that seems to <laughs> fix. Sugru would have fixed it. We can do a whole show on Sugru one of these days. Let me just remind people that we are doing this on Jitsi, and you can find that at jitsi.org, J-I-T-S-I. And you can find us at leavethebottle.com or ltb.re, which seems to be below the, uh, let me get this down so that they can read it. There you go. ltb.re for leavethebottle.com leavethebottlepodcast.com yeah leavethebottlepodcast yeah because obviously leave the bottle is probably some country band yeah probably I know that's that's funny it's probably some shit kicker band Uh, but you can also listen to this podcast as an audio or all our past uh, podcasts you can get that on iTunes on Pocket Cast on all sorts of Android Pocket Cast uh, apps Uh, so give it a listen and less is more less is more that's right 